The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1,388. Today, our final look at the last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry, and in particular, what happened with Luke and all of his stuff at the end of The Last Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Brian J. Jones, author of George Lucas The Life, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So today is the last day that we're talking about the last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry and the audio narration by Mark Thompson. It's been quite a ride, for sure. It's been really wonderful to experience. And, you know, when you're going through something like this and you're doing it with as critical an eye for detail as possible, I'm not trying to say that I've gotten every last bit out of it, but I've gotten a lot, I think think I would say, and I think you might agree. But when you get to do that, it's just, it's a remarkable experience because you really get to understand the magnitude of the work that Jason Fry put into the novelization and that Mark Thompson and company put into the creation of the audiobook version of this. So just kudos to Jason Fry and Mark Thompson and everybody supporting the two of them in their performances on bringing The Last Jedi to a richer, fuller experience for all of us. Now, for our last conversation about the novelization, we're going to talk about Luke and just what the heck happened to him. So there's... A thing about how he was essentially pouring the entirety of his essence into the Force, and that is the all-consumptive effort that it took for him to create that doppelganger to show up on Crate and to stall the First Order long enough for the Resistance to escape. And obviously it took so much out of him that he just couldn't hack it anymore, and he passed into the Force. And... You know, the funny thing about it was there was a a comment on Twitter a while back about what happened to Luke's hand when he passed into the Force. And Ryan Johnson replied that somebody in the editing room had a suggestion about the fact that there might have been a clunk as the metal hand (laughs) dropped down because that possibly didn't pass into the Force. And Ryan said, yeah, he thought that that would kind of undercut the moment. And so that's why it's not there. I mean, I'm sure that was as much of a tongue-in-cheek thing as a real thing. I mean, yeah, why? Uh, However, the caretakers on the island did not find the hand, actually. So according to the novelization, they found the robes, but they did not find the hand. So... I guess the hand passed off into the Force as well. And they have no idea what happened to him. They wondered if he either committed suicide by jumping off that ledge, or if he had, quote, become shadow, unquote, which I believe is supposed to be a reference to going off into the living Force 
as they would understand it. I guess everybody's got their different ways of talking about it. And the novel then goes into a reflection of the caretakers, a remembrance of how this stranger to the island was a little more curious than your average person coming to seek out the lore of the Jedi and the temple and all of the books that were in that little library and whatnot. So... As opposed to most people, he insisted on doing his own chores. He insisted on helping with repairs. He was actually actively involved. He didn't treat himself like a monk that was being served by these caretakers. He was, by all accounts in that respect, very unusual. He was just a part of their daily lives, and he actually took it upon himself to learn their language, which is something that was also very rare as far as other people visiting that island. We didn't get to see that in the movie, but one of the deleted scenes actually shows him having a brief couple of word exchange with one of the caretakers, and it's in the caretaker's language. So that gives you the clue right there that he does, in fact, know exactly what they're saying and can speak it right back with them. But as I said, they didn't find his hand, and they didn't find him, they just found his robes. So they took his robes, and they took his pack, and they took his other clothing and linens and whatnot, and they put it in a storage hut. So I don't know if they think that he's coming back anytime soon, but yeah, they'd stashed it. And there's a storage hut mentioned, but there's also a repository mentioned. And this is the thing that I think is the most intriguing, because... You know, we never saw him hold an actual lightsaber. We only saw his doppelganger holding an older lightsaber that was supposed to be a replica of the lightsaber that Kylo Ren wanted for himself. We don't know what happened to Luke's green lightsaber, but there is a line in the novel where it talks about the things that the caretakers put in the quote-unquote repository, whatever that is, including his star compass, and that is a compass that he may have gotten, we're assuming it's the same compass, in Battlefront 2, the game where he goes to the planet Pilio and there's an observatory, one of the hidden observatories that the Emperor had stashed all across the galaxy, he found that compass in that observatory, and this is presumably the same compass that he has on Octo. Now, there's that, but I'm really just kind of bearing the lead on it because the phrase, his weapon was used, that they put his weapon, his star compass, and other strange gear in the repository. So, is the weapon, quote-unquote, his green lightsaber? I mean, I don't know what else it could be, but yeah, so it was there and it was kicking around if you wondered about what that situation is. You know, maybe I should tweet Jason and find out just for sure. I might do that, and if I get an update on that, then I will let you know what he has to say. And as for the rest of that strange gear, well, that, of course, is stuff that he collected as he was traveling through the galaxy looking for the lore of the Jedi and trying to understand more about that ancient religion. And when he arrived on Octo, the caretakers noted that some of the stuff that he arrived with was stuff that had been in songs that they were singing. Like, they had, you know, songs about things that they had in their possession on the island and that had been taken from them, and Luke ended up returning with some of those things. So, all's well that ends well, I guess. And that's going to do it for the meat of the podcast here. I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, the last heartbreaking detail, the voice that Luke may or may not have heard in his head just before he passed into the Living Force. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. 
Want a free copy of The Last Jedi in 4K UHD HDR with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision? It's the highest quality you can possibly watch The Last Jedi at, courtesy of Voodoo. And starting Friday, March 16th, I'm giving away those 10 to the first 10 people who become patrons of the podcast at the $5.01 level or higher. And if you join at the 1138 level or higher, I'll throw in a free copy of The Force Awakens Trivia Book 2. Go to patreon.com slash SW7X7 to support the show and get your free copy of The Last Jedi. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, so here's the thing that's going to tug at your heartstrings if you haven't heard this one yet. As Luke is dying, as Luke is ready to pass on but is still clinging to that last bit of life, he thinks he hears a voice in his head. And he's not sure, but it's possible that he does, or maybe his fevered brain is just conjuring this. And the voice says just three simple words, and they're words that he has heard before. It is, let go, Luke. And you're given to believe that that's Obi-Wan Kenobi saying that. It doesn't say it in the novelization, but it's rather clear that that's what the implication is. And let go, he does, and that is when he fades away. So hopefully I have told you that well enough that you're getting chills right now. And that would be a fantastic way, I think, to end the podcast here and to end our discussion of the last Jedi novelization and all the wonders that it holds. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!